0: Hey, uh, take your Bibles this morning. uh, We're going to do communion and baptism. We got a busy morning this morning. We're going to celebrate the new life that comes in Christ. Uh, We're going to be reading out of Mark and Romans and Matthew. And uh, you can follow us on the U version on live events. You can follow our U version notes. So, uh, so we're going to do that this morning. Now, and we'll we'll come and I'll read a passage in a moment. Now, I love John the Baptist. I love John the Baptist because, like, when it came to his faith, he didn't care. He just didn't care what people thought. He didn't have social media friends, you know, to, you know, to, to stoke his ego. I mean, he didn't care. John the Baptist just served God. He preached God's word, and it just didn't matter to him. You know, he didn't, uh, he didn't have a stylist. He didn't care what his clothes looked like or what his hair looked like. It said he wore, you know, camel skin and a little leather belt. He didn't, you know, he didn't have a nutritionist. He didn't have a, a health plan. He ate locusts and wild honey. I might could have done the honey, but the locust is another thing. But he just, he just didn't care. John the Baptist had two main messages. Okay. He just had two. He didn't have a, you know, an extensive library. Uh, the first message is he was calling people to repent of their sins. Okay. That was one of his messages. And out of that message, he had three points. Okay. Point number one. You're a bunch of snakes, and you better get ready for the wrath that is about to head your way. That's point one. That's how he eased into the message, okay? Point number two was, if you think because your parents were religious, that that will pass down to you, you've got another thing coming, okay? Point two. Point three was, the axe is laid to the root of every the, the root of every tree that does not bear good fruit and it will be cast down and thrown into the fire. That was point three. Okay? John the Baptist did not care about your self image. He didn't come with three points in a poem. He wasn't worried about our fragile self-esteem. He was just pointing people to Jesus when they repented of their sins. That was message one. Message two was that Jesus will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Okay? He said, hey... There, I baptize you with repentance. He's the waters of repentance. He said, but there's one that's coming after me whose sandals I am not even worthy to untie. When he comes, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And I want to tell you something. Man, if there's ever two messages we need today, it is that. We need to repent to our, of our sins. We need to turn to God. And we need a refreshing and a fresh baptism that comes from the Holy Spirit. We need that. Listen, what's funny though, is that people were responding. See, you kind of preached that today, and you know, it doesn't fit where I'm at spiritually. You know, people were, were just responding. Man, people were, people were coming. There was a general spiritual awakening that was coming as John the Baptist preached that particular message. Mark 1 says, look at this, the whole Judean countryside and all of the people went of Jerusalem went out to him confessing their sins and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River." So he's preaching this baptism of repentance and people are coming. They are lining up. And you know, this is, you know, maybe this kind of spiritual awakening is not always appreciated in church history. But you can fast forward about 35 years. The Apostle Paul goes into a city and he finds the believers and he said, Are you a Christian? Yes, we are saved. Are you, have you been baptized? And they said, Yes. He said, Who baptized you? And they said John the Baptist. About 35 years after, man, people are still serving God with what was going on in in John the Baptist's life. So he's doing his thing. He's baptizing people at the Jordan River. The banks of the river served as the amphitheater. People would come. and, And in this murky water, John the Baptist would baptize people. And one day, he's baptizing people And the Gospel of John says Jesus appears on the horizon. And John the Baptist says, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Okay? Very first statement about about Jesus. And Jesus comes down into the water with John the Baptist to be baptized. And the Gospel of Matthew says, you know, that... that, uh, Uh, John the Baptist said look I'm not even worthy you should be baptizing me I don't want to I don't want you know I don't want to baptize you and Jesus said you should baptize me so we're looking at the gospel of Mark chapter 9 so here is this moment it said at that time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove and a voice came from heaven and said three important things. It's going to make a great sermon one day, but I'm not going to preach it this morning. You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. So in this scene, we see Jesus being immersed Baptized in the waters of Jordan when he comes up, the Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus. Listen. If we ever need a testimony of the Holy Spirit in our lives, if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, how much more do you and I need the presence and the Spirit of God in our lives today? The Holy Spirit comes down upon Jesus. The Father speaks His words of affirmation over Jesus. And man, it was a pretty intense scene if you were standing there. Okay, So, since the time of Jesus' baptism... Christians have followed the Lord's example and command, okay? The example of Jesus and the command of Jesus, urging people to repent and be baptized in water. Now, if you're new, kind of the Christian faith, the Christian background, I just want to take a moment. Just let me just explain to you Christian baptism, our understanding of Christian baptism. Baptism, and you'll see it in just a moment. We got a high dollar facility over here, high dollar baptistry. You know, just a horse trough we bought down the road. All right. Baptism is a public demonstration of a decision to follow Jesus and experience new life. It is a public demonstration. Demonstration of a decision to follow Jesus and experience new life the ones that we are baptizing this morning they've already had this experience they've already prayed this prayer and now publicly before everyone they want to identify with our lord so what that means when we're baptized paul gives a great explanation in romans 4 i want you guys to put it on the screen and just leave it up there until uh, leave it up there for a moment so here's what he says about baptism He gives a great explanation he says we are therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the father we too may live this new life so he uses an image here of death and burial okay so baptism is a it signifies the death of the old person okay my old life is in the past well I'm I'm dying to that identity to that past what I have what I've done so there is a death of the old person so when there's a death right after the death there is a burial okay so in baptism because of the death of the old the old life we bury them in Christ into death we bury them. Look at that passage again. Keep it on the screen. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So when we bury them in water, it is significant and signifies the death of the old person. Then just like Jesus laid on that cold slab on, on, on Easter weekend his lifeless body laid there he did not get up because of his human will or, or because he decided he wanted to turn over a new leaf it was the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that took that dead body and brought life back in it and he says in the same way when we are buried with him in in baptism, to the glory of God the Father, we are brought back up. There is a spiritual resurrection that occurs in our life. The Apostle Paul said it this way, that if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, then he will quicken your mortal body. So baptism is symbolic of dying to that old person. And with the power and the presence of God we come alive in Christ. It's not my own human will. I can't just decide I want to turn over a new leaf. It's not mental ascent in any form. It is a resurrection of the Spirit and the body. We come out of that water and He says to a new life. To a new life. We, one life has ended because of your spiritual death. Now you have a new life. You are released into a, into a new life. Baptism. Baptism is how, and communion as well. It's how we identify, publicly identify as believers. And We got a lot of of FSU fans here. More than I'd like to see in our church. All right? And you wear your t-shirts, you know. You wear your t-shirts, but you really want to identify? You really want to commit? I want to see something like this. Okay? There you go. There you go. Anybody can wear the t-shirt. Anybody can wear the t-shirt. That's commitment right there. That's commitment. I just want to say, like, anybody can just come to church. Anybody can just go, I'm a follower of Jesus. But you want to identify with the Lord. He says, "Here's the way that you do it. You do it through communion and baptism. That is the public that is the public way." So, listen, when we come to baptism, this is not just a a dead public ceremony, but this is a confession before God and man of your new life. Now, there's some things real quick that you should know about water baptism, okay? It should be done as soon as possible after your salvation, okay? It should be done as soon as possible after your salvation. So, as soon as Jesus comes on the scene in his public ministry, the very first thing that he does is he is baptized, okay? Because if there's any value, any practical spiritual value in baptism that would help you in your walk with the Lord, then by all means, we would want to do that as soon as possible. Baptism also shows your seriousness about your new faith. Anybody can pray a prayer. Anybody can wear a t-shirt. Anybody can wear a bumper sticker. Anybody can, you know, uh, uh, just kind of attend church. But baptism and communion shows that next step that, hey, I'm really, really serious about people knowing that I'm a follower of Jesus and I want to serve Him. So it should be done as soon as possible after salvation. And baptism is one of the first steps of discipleship in our growth in Christ. Jesus said this about baptism. At the very end, He tells the disciples, go and make disciples, baptizing them, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So he says he connects discipleship to water baptism. Okay, so it's the first step, one of the first steps in, in your growth and your discipleship. Listen to me. We don't want you just to come to the Lord and just to pray a little prayer. We want you to learn and grow and walk in your relationship with Jesus. And the first step of that would be water baptism. Okay, so if you've never been baptized, and you're a follower of Jesus. I don't care how old you are. Man, remember when we baptized AC Flowers? Remember that? How old is AC? Over 80? We baptized him. I don't care how old you are. God's giving me a little backup here. Got some thunder. Some of you. When you to be baptized. All right? So if you've never been baptized, be baptized. Or maybe you've been baptized before And you've walked away from God and you just feel like, hey, man, it would just be good and healthy for me to start back over and be baptized again. That's up to you. But I think sometimes those kind of things are in order. So if you've never been baptized, been away from God, you just feel like you kind of need to start over, then we want to baptize you. And listen, listen, we'll baptize you this morning. You can have my towel. It's one of our house towels. Becky's going to be so mad at me. But you can have it. We got t-shirts. You know, if you want to be, you didn't come this morning to be baptized, but you want to be baptized. Man, go tell somebody in the foyer. We will make it happen at the very end. But, but baptism is such an important, important part. And I just want you to take a moment, like, if you're a follower of Jesus, I just want you to just reflect back on your, on your baptism. And what a special moment. I was at Gary Wood Assembly of God. It a Sunday night probably 700 people you know for the baptism you know and I the pastor just shoved the mic and said just tell them how much you love Jesus just on the spot I had a chance to give a testimony and a baptism and it was just such a man it's just such a precious and meaningful time with me so uh, so we're, we're looking forward to doing that at the end so Jesus starts his ministry in the murky waters of the Jordan okay being baptized he's done it but Man, that was just the beginning because it wasn't long after that. Man, they're lowering a man through the roof for Jesus to heal. (laughs) Listen, there's just so many greatest hits, for lack of a better term. He's speaking to blind Bartimaeus. A man blind Bartimaeus is being healed. He's giving what is called the Sermon on the Mount. Unbelievable. So countercultural to today, the Sermon on the Mount. He's giving the parable of the sower. Man, what a great teaching. And then they call him to the, the, the woman that was caught in adultery. And he walks when everybody's ready to throw a stone. And he, and he handles that situation. Man, he goes, to the, he goes to the temple. And he sees the, the, the abuse in the temple. And he throws those, throws those money changers out. Oh man, what a life. What a ministry. But we're going to bring... Up to the very end. If you've ever been to the Holy Land and you've been to Gethsemane, we're going to we're going to walk there. Now, let me just bring you before I read this passage. So, it's Passover, it's Passover week, and and in Passover week, everybody went to Jerusalem. Okay, there was like a celebration, kind of religious celebration, kind of like Easter, kind of like Christmas, man. But you got time off from work, and there was all kinds of special meals and and uh, you got to see your friends, and a, a couple of weeks ago I talked about the Song of Ascents, the songs that you would sing as you travel to Jerusalem. For, man, people are, are excited, and they come together with Jesus for this, for this celebratory uh, Passover meal. So you, you had this meal that reminded you of, of what it was like. Uh, in Egypt, and then you read the, the story of God's deliverance, and you sang, you sang uh, songs, and you, you gave reflections, and you prayed prayers, and that was just kind of what you did. They're doing this all over Jerusalem. And Jesus is here in this room this with, with torches, and it's in the evening, and, and He stops this great celebration, this great happiness and remembrance of the Passover. And he reads, and he says this that I'm going to read out of Matthew 26. He says, So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. And when the evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup and he gave thanks and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. Here's where it gets really deep if you're a disciple sitting there. For this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Because sometimes in the Old Testament, a covenant or an agreement was sealed with blood, okay? And so when he says this, man, the air goes out of their room. They realize this is not just a normal Passover celebration, that there's something new, something, something different that's happening about this Passover meal. And then he says, I tell you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on, Until that day, until I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. And I imagine the silence, you know, because they've done this, you know, on an annual basis. And now he's going, this is the last time he's talking about blood. But at this point, Jesus is instituting something that has been done regularly, you know, for over 2,000 years. Years, People on every continent, every tribe, every skin color, every language. People have been uh, partaking and in this particular ceremony here. Okay, So he starts the regular remembrance of his death. Now communion, let me just give you a few things. Communion is a time of personal examination. When we come to the Lord, when we come to the communion table, when we take these emblems in just a moment, before we do that, it's a time that we look in our own heart. It's a, it's a spiritual inventory, a, a personal self-examination of places that you are growing, but places that you are failing in your life. He says, "Let's examine your heart. Luke 24 says, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. So here's this thread of repentance. John's baptism was of repentance. Now Jesus says the message of the gospel, the foundation of the message of the gospel will be the repentance of sin uh, and, and, uh, in people's lives. So I just, just want to talk about that. As we're talking about personal inventory, let's talk about repentance. Repentance is the beginning of a person coming to God. It is the acknowledgement of sin and evil in their life. So repentance is the first step when we realize that we need, we need God in our life. And it's the acknowledgement of maybe some things in our past you know, that, that are not good. Now listen to me. Because if we try to come to God without repentance, we enter a very confusing situation and conflicting situation with the Lord. Without repentance, we're telling God, Hey, I'm in charge, but you're also in charge we try to come to God without repentance, we're going, hey, uh, you're the Lord, but also I'm the Lord, okay? Without repentance, we're trying to live out our old lifestyle all while trying to live as a New Testament believer. And it just doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. That's a, a very confusing and, and conflicting, uh, conflicting place. So repentance is where we come and we go, hey, I realize I need God in my life and I've done some things that were wrong before God and I'm going to give those over to the Lord okay so repentance repentance is the beginning of a person coming to God and the acknowledgement of sin and evil in their life repentance is the death sentence For my old life. So remember baptism? Remember baptism? So repentance is the announcement to everyone that I am done with my old life. I'm not going to, you know, Jesus is going to be my Lord and I now live for Christ. That's what repentance says. Listen to me. You can't come to God without repentance. Okay? It just doesn't work. Repentance is uncomfortable. It's painful when you have to go back and you start looking at your life that you thought you you, you were so, you know, so good and you start looking at your life in light of the gospel and you realize, you know, how many wrong actions and wrong deeds and people that you've hurt and sins that you've done before God and skeletons that are in your closet. Sometimes repentance is very uncomfortable when you have to come and, and face what you've done before God with your life. But when repentance is achieved... Spiritual renewal and healing begins. I want to tell you something. It is uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable when you confess your sins. But I want to tell you something that feels great. It is the grace of God when it begins to wash down over your heart. When you've confessed your sins and that you know that you've, you've been away from God. And He puts His wonderful joy and His wonderful grace in your life. Repentance may be uncomfortable, but I'm going to tell you, grace feels great. Grace feels great. It starts with confession that we need God in our life. It's repentance that we're turning away from our sin. There is forgiveness that God gives. You'll feel so new. You'll just feel, you know, almost like you've had a spiritual bath. I'm just telling you. And there's a new life that comes. But it starts with repentance. It starts with repentance if you're away from God this morning. It starts with repentance if you're a believer. Man, you've got some junk in your life. We're not supposed to come to this table carelessly. We come to the communion table and identify as followers of Jesus very carefully. So communion is a time of personal examination. Communion is a time of thanksgiving. Communion is the time that, man, you just feel very humbled because we, we bring nothing to the table. You realize that when it comes to our salvation. That it's only through the cross of Jesus and His grace. And and we come to communion with thanksgiving. The Apostle Paul says, Is is it not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? That thanksgiving comes from realizing how destitute and void and how inadequate we were to to, uh, 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 pay for our own sins. Communion is healing. Brent worship team, you guys can come. When you take these emblems, when you take these emblems in your hand, they are a reminder of the suffering and death of Jesus. But it's also a reminder that your physical healing is in a way glorifying God. By His stripes, you are healed. That was said in Isaiah, okay? In the Old Testament, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. It's in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. So we can be healed in this moment because we are acknowledging the suffering and, and death of our Lord. And it's just a remembrance. It's a remembrance of His suffering and death in our lives, how it affects us. So those are some things as we take communion. When we take communion, we acknowledge these things this morning. His broken body, His shed blood. We acknowledge that this is a public proclamation of our personal faith in Jesus. One way that we publicly identify with the Lord is through the waters of baptism. Many of you have already done that. But communion is the continual way that we are mindful of the cross of Jesus and the suffering of Jesus. And it is a continual way that we publicly identify with our Lord. And communion also looks to the coming of our King. Looks to the coming of our king so we see him as savior but there's a day that there's a trumpet blast coming there's a man on a white horse and the church is translated and communion we look forward and, and, and as partaking of this it's a way that we, that we prepare ourselves for that moment now the attitude of communion is not like memorial day memorial day it's when we honor heroes who've given their life you know, with, a, with a heroic act. Okay? So we don't come with a memorial day Mindset. We come to remember the risen and victorious Savior alive forevermore. Communion is not a funeral, communion is a celebration that, yes, there was a cross, but three days later, there was a resurrection that speaks again to new life that you and I can have. So today, we gather as a church family people of like faith to acknowledge our Lord and Savior. I want Samuel and Julio to come join me on the stage. They'll come join me. If you'll prepare your emblems. 1 Corinthians 11.23 Come on up here. It says, For I received from the Lord what I passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Samuel, come here. Come here, I want you to stand over here. Julio, I want you to come stand here. Come stand next to me. We stand here in Christian Brotherhood this morning, okay? We stand here. Our our passports or our birth certificates are all from different countries, okay? But uh, we want to make a statement to our world. Okay, that in Christ, Jew, Greek, bond, free, every man is the same. Every man is the same through Christ. So, as Christian brothers, we're going to lead in communion this morning. Samuel is going, he's from Nigeria, he is going to pray in his original tongue and he is going to give thanks. Over the bread this morning, and then and then he's going to hand the mic back to me. We'll partake together. Samuel, would you give thanks over the broken body
1: this morning? <speaking in Hebrew> Let's take the bread together,
0: mindful of the suffering of his body. the same way after the supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes so this is for now but this is a testimony that we are looking for the time that he comes. Julio, would you give thanks over the shed blood?
1: Padre, te damos gracias en esta hora, Señor. Gloria a Dios. Bendecimos tu nombre, Padre Eterno. Te damos las gracias porque tú eres un Dios bueno, poderoso, maravilloso, majestuoso, fiel, real y verdadero, Padre. Tu palabra dice que tú dijiste tomar la copa porque esta es la copa que damos gracias por esa preciosa sangre, esa sangre que nos limpia de todo pecado aleluya y por ella hacemos un nuevo pacto aleluya para honra y gloria tuya Señor te damos gracias por todo lo bueno, lo maravilloso que tú eres Padre eterno porque por medio de esa comunión que tenemos en esta hora Padre amado y alabamos y te glorificamos Señor y te pedimos que nos des fuerza y fortaleza Para seguir en comunión contigo, Padre eterno, para seguir uniéndonos hacia ti, Padre. Gracias por esa preciosa sangre que tú derramaste en la cruz del calvario, para que hoy todos nosotros tengamos perdón de nuestros pecados. Gracias, Padre, en el nombre de Jesús. Amén.
0: Let us take the juice together this morning. Thank you, Thank you Lord. Thank you, Lord. What a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ our King. What a powerful name it is, nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Oh, a powerful name it is, the name sing that again. Sing Jesus. that powerful name. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. So, Lord, I pray this morning for those that are sick in body, Lord, those that need a healing this morning. Lord, we don't come and ask that because of any righteousness. Lord, that we have we brought on our own. But Lord, we ask for healing this morning only because we look at the cross of Jesus this morning. Lord, we see the broken body. We see the shed blood this morning. Lord, we stand on the promise today that by Your stripes we can be healed. So Lord, I pray across this building this morning, I pray for those that are watching live today or watching on video, I pray for the healing healing touch of Jesus the healing virtue of Jesus Lord I pray that it would flow into sick bodies now I pray God every sickness every disease every infirmity Lord can be healed and Lord I pray right now Lord that people would feel in their bodies Lord they would feel the touch of Jesus they would feel the healing touch of Jesus thank you Lord Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's a prayer that I want to pray. If you're away from God this morning, you're not where you should be. They're going to put it on the screen. It's a sinner's prayer. They're going to put it on online. If you're away from God this morning, if you're not where you should be, there's a simple prayer that, that I want you just to pray this morning. Okay? Uh, You don't have to look as a bystander this morning. Man, you can be adopted into the family right now. So I'm going to say this prayer and you whisper that prayer with me. It says, Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.